This is Kurt Ryle, and you're listening to No Good Music. I've got a special guest with me today. He really needs no yeah. introduction. This is his third time on the podcast. And it's Kurt Ryle from one of my favorite bands, The Grip Weeds. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Looking good. Hey, thanks, man. Hey. Yeah, I got a little like a little irritation in my eye, so I'm just going to wear the sunglasses today. Okay. I should have worn my Elvis glasses or something. <laughs> <laughs> ECB, man. And Kurt's here to talk about a new album that's uh, Gem Records, celebrates Ray Davies, that just came out. Tell us about this album. Well, it's uh, the, fourth, the fourth in the series. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, of Gem Records, celebrates songwriters really uh that have a good connection to uh the the musical kind of uh direction of the label i guess you would call it uh mm -hmm. musicians are songwriters that are near and dear to the hearts of the um the record label and the artists on it so uh this is ray davies uh gem mm -hmm. Records celebrates ray and uh each um each artist on gem uh some uh up some stuff and uh did covered some some ray davies slash kinks tracks and you you have some bands pretty... on there that, that have been on the other uh tribute albums too yeah like yeah mid... uh yeah i mean we got the midnight callers the airport 77s i, I listened to so i didn't listen to all of it because i went on youtube some of the standout songs uh now you have two songs on there the grip weeds have two songs uh but where have all the good times gone? I love that one. That really good guitar work on that. And uh, we, I'll tell I'll tell Kristen and Rick. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> and drumming too. And you're singing Thanks. on that one. Yeah, yeah. And we have um, "Lola" by the Weaklings. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. Uh, "Come Dancing." I always like that song. That's a Ray Davies. I don't think that's a Ray Davies solo song. No, it hit no. for the Kinks and the early that was a Kinks track. Oh, okay, and that's the Midnight Callers and Picture Book by Airport Seventy Sevens. I like that one. There's a couple in here I don't know. I only got into the Kinks with um, "Give the People What They Want." <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, you were late. Hard. Yeah, I mean, I I knew Lola. My my uh my nephew who's only a couple years younger than me we had a paper route and I had a boombox and I remember uh, <laughs> we'd probably wake up the neighbor or something but I would play music while we delivered the newspapers I remember that was one of the songs at the time. That's Playing funny. It. One of my earlier earliest memory Kink stuff was uh, the live album One for the Road. Mm -hmm. um, I had seen that show. It was my very first concert. 
I got to see it. They were at Rutgers University, and that's that's on the record. Oh, okay. And uh, I don't think I knew that quite at the time, but uh, got the album, and it was one of the, it was in the days where you buy an album, you put it on cassette so you could play it anywhere. <laughs> yeah. And I remember I have a distinct memory of Ray leaves to that record with like some friends in the neighborhood <laughs> mm-hmm. for money. <laughs> But Lola, I uh, how old was I? I was like 12, 13. I, yeah. I, I don't even know if I... I probably thought it was funny, or I probably thought it was ironic, but didn't really get... <laughs> I think I got I what like, he was like, talking about. You know. I think they thought about it too much either. I mean, for me, it's always like the music is first, and then the lyrics probably second when they sink in. Yeah. Uh, important but i don't know i um i think i'm on the page with you with that of like i didn't quite get the uh you know the subject matter until much later yeah <laughs> and uh and, you know ray davies was really right in there mm-hmm. you know with uh with what's happening as far as the sexual erosion and freedom you know yeah. and all that <laughs> now the who did the artwork for the album it's like a caricature uh, well, I know him as his name. His nickname is Sketch. You know what? I can t- tell you now. Artwork by Anthony Parisi. He's a really nice guy, actually. Mm-hmm. He does, does work for the Weaklings, and I okay. think that's how uh, we're on the label. And that's how Marty Scott, uh, the owner of Gem, got to know uh, Sketch through the Weaklings. And uh, I believe he's done the last three album covers for gem celebrates he didn't do the first one that was that was a celebrated uh artist um i can't remember his name right now but it was the cover for lennon was um it was hirschfeld wasn't it hirschfeld exactly that's what i'm thinking of yeah yeah the other ones have been sketch sketchfeld (laughs) now i can picture the weaklings that one album cover it's like a caricature of them he probably did that yeah i think it was uh, the first the first Weaklings album. Yeah. I believe. Yeah. Are all Gem records recorded at House of Vibes, your studio, or was this one recorded there? Well, um, obviously the group weed songs were, mm-hmm. and uh, the two cuts by the Anderson Council were recorded at the House of Vibes. But everything else was recorded outside, and then I, I put it together uh, in mastering and... Um, you know, got all the sounds to work together and stuff. So that was the writing actually is the mastering room in House of Vibes. That's where I okay. am right now. Oh, okay. That's where you master or where <laughs> yeah. you are? Looks like a, a fold out bed behind you. Or futon. Yeah, it's a futon. Oh, okay. <laughs> For when you get tired of yeah, the um, client. Over. Well, it's it's also your your the the place where the clients will sit and uh, oh, okay. you know develop what we're doing and then mm-hmm. if they get tired we'll pull out and you know they sleep yeah <laughs> it's so, the house of vibes you know you sleep here <laughs> well you want to make it comfy you don't want to make it like yeah, an, that, like like work you know like like a you know a stale office here's the sign here good vibes only there you go <laughs> that's you your read that. mm-hmm. <laughs> when i went on youtube there's a image of looks like an album and red vinyl is this actually on vinyl yeah yeah uh it is here's the vinyl. Oh, yeah, here's nice. the vinyl nice and uh it's called 
cherry cola red mm -hmm. i like that yeah, yeah collect pretty cool, vinyl. Huh? i buy too this much vinyl. do you collect yeah, that vinyl? was a little bit of a thing do i oh yeah okay sure and you can't yeah, stop love it. right uh, well i could but mm -hmm. um i choose not yeah and uh i actually like the sound uh being uh in production, in music production, vinyl is not collectible. It actually has a different sound than your dig than the digital counterpart. Yeah. Uh, the whole process of making the vinyl is uh, is way different, obviously, than than um, replicating a CD. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot more tricks involved uh, when you cut a record, and um, the actual master of vinyl for vinyl is is a little more what we would call dynamic. It has more mm -hmm. highs and lows, yeah, and it's not not as tightly limited um, to bring the volume up. That's kind of the old trick in uh, digital uh, mastering: is you can make it really loud, you know, mm -hmm. as loud as it can possibly. And that doesn't really work as well for vinyl. In fact, it works the other. Way. It's good to get a little bit of the uh, dynamics in. So mm -hmm. I like vinyl. Because it's like a, another interpretation or another sound of the music, so I I yeah. sort of if I if there's if there's music I like I'll have it in both forms because I pick up different things, including our own. I've heard things on our records that on our vinyl records mm -hmm. that I wasn't quite sure there. <laughs> um, you know, I, it's a weird thing to say. I pick up things that I hadn't quite noticed on the digital version. Uh, there it is on the. Wow, that's kind of neat. And that, and I've been very, very uh, obviously intimately involved with the making of the record. And to have a surprise when listening to the final version is kind of interesting. So, yeah. I, that's why I like the collectability, the physicality of. I like all that. You know, slows you down. You put a record on. You sit down. You look at the cover. Yeah. You know, it's it's less disposable. Yeah, I'm in my music room upstairs, and uh, mm -hmm. the walls are covered with, you know, stuff. I have signed pops, and not all music. Most of it's music in here. But I have my, it's your, it's I have, your man? Yeah, yeah. And this is where we record. <laughs> but I have two. Uh, we used to have a conference table, and we'd sit across from it, and then that felt, after a while, like, you know, a job. And then I saw people yep. that just had, just were sitting. So I had these two chairs downstairs and I got these boom things. So now we just sit here All right. more comfortable. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. it shouldn't be work when the man cave. <laughs> yeah. No, I come up here with like Friday, Saturday night with a, with a beer and put an album on. I have a pretty good stereo system. I'm finding myself though. I sold all my albums back in the nineties. Ones I had uh, from uh, when I was when I was a kid, and uh, I'm rebuying. You know, I just hmm? I just got the two Kiss solo albums on eBay because I don't <laughs> I like Kiss still. Collect all got, four. Yeah, I got to get the other two. I have those on CD, but they were like five bucks, so that's actually a good price uh, these days for even used vinyl. Yeah. I I, I didn't sell my collection then. I, okay. I refused. Um, I, I didn't quite know because I think everybody back then was believing the hype of like, oh, you know, there's no scratching. 
it sounds more sparkly and all that stuff. And uh, mm-hmm. it took a long, it actually, honestly, it took a long time for the digital technology to catch up to yeah. vinyl. It was nowhere near the sound of vinyl when they were saying it was better than vinyl. Mm-hmm. They were wrong. Yeah. I mean, it's Great. only now approaching vinyl, you know? Yeah. If you have a great sound system with a really good turn to a really good cartridge, uh, you'll hear that you'll totally hear the difference, yeah. you know, uh, and it's fun to do that. It's fun to, to, you know, listen to music that way, you know, quickly and, and compare, you know, how they sound compared to each other to different formats because they're different, you mm-hmm. know, and the music is the quality, but there's a lot of differences there. And I've, I have one speaker in the corner and one speaker over here. Ah, so. All right. But I've kind of I have a hearing pro- problem in my left ear, so but that seemed to work the best for me, rather than have you it right Bri- in front of me. You and Brian will hearing oh, problems okay. in the one <laughs> worked out for him. I need Let's... both ears to produce. I I, I do. I, I need them both. You get a day where your ear gets clogged, mm-hmm. and uh, I, it 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 stops me. I can't work. I can't do uh, production on that day. Yeah, I wind up doing you know maybe i'll play music i'll write or something there's mm-hmm. all kinds of things I go and do i have ringing I, in this this year yeah oh you do huh yeah well not to go into too much detail but i had a tumor in my ear i had oh, hearing boy. loss for a long time like i realized i couldn't my friend and i were uh in a hotel room and the, you know the air conditioner was kind of loud and that's when I noticed that if I laid on this side, I couldn't hear the air conditioner as well. But that was a long time ago, and I thought maybe I'd been going to too many concerts. And yeah. um, like three, four years ago, the ringing started. And I went, to, mm. I went to an ENT, and then I got an MRI, and there was a lump in my ear. So, oh. I, had ra- yeah. so I had radiation uh, a couple years ago like a year and a half ago and it's it's shrinking and moving away my hearing's coming back a little bit in that ear well that's a that's a big fear of mine i, I i'm really concerned to make sure that i hang on to my hearing mm-hmm. so i i've i've been wearing for decades now i've i wear earplugs when i play drums yeah. and stuff and whenever i go to a concert i'll wear them yeah I just because i yeah need my ears to work oh yeah you know so i I really, uh, you know, I'm very careful. I, I'm even careful of the decibel levels that mm-hmm. I listen to music with. Because you don't really need it as loud as you think. It, um, it's more damaging if you listen louder. And, yeah. it, and listening to it a little lower makes you listen a little bit harder and more mm-hmm. critically. And plus, you, when you listen to a lower volume, you get less uh, reflections around the room. You know, because in a room, they're going to be reflecting off of everything, off oh, the yeah. table. If you have hear it you'll know you Mm -hmm. know so you know minimizing that reflection would be dropping the volume a bit you know and then you you get very critical when you like and all of a sudden things start to open up you know Mm -hmm. it's all relative so uh, we're way off track yeah this new album i I wanted (laughs) to ask are you in contact with ray davies or do you think he'd there'd be a chance that he could listen to this album Really good chance they'll hear this record. Okay, uh, I, I I do because we're we're kind of in a similar genre here. Obviously, it's his music. So mm-hmm. actually, we have a good friend um, who was uh, a friend of Ray's, 
that um, very well could play it for him. You never know. I think I know his name. Oh, okay. I, th- I think his name's Frank. Is that- <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Dave, Dave, man. Doesn't Dave Davies live? Well, I know. I don't even know if they're. I think they're talking again, Ray and Dave. But doesn't he live in New Jersey, Dave? Dave Davies. Or uh, might. I'm not sure, but I have seen him. He he uh, played my guitar one night. Played okay. my acoustic. That was a thrill, actually, to have Dave Davies play. Yeah. My acoustic. Kind of neat. I mean, I'm actually friendly. We're we're um, uh, we're good friends, Smithereens. Yeah. And uh, a lot of work with them. And we're we're buddies anyway. But uh, I mean, those guys are friendly with. I think Dennis Steichen backed up Dave. Okay. Uh, Dave Davies. They all know each other, and you know, there's yeah. a very good chance. Yeah, Dave was at the uh, tribute for Pat in Red Bank. That's where he played my guitar. Yeah, I was there. I just saw the Smithereens at uh, Artie's, this little place in Frenchtown, oh, New Jersey. Yeah, was that? it was great. Mar- Marshall, you know, was on vocals, and yeah, I got Marshall to sign uh, his first album, actual album. I had it in my cool. car, and I had to track him down because he was. You know, he doesn't stick around. Uh, <laughs> making his way, I think. Well, it's a long time. I think he's been four. I think he said forty years or something is like yeah, his latest. Just, uh, yeah, he's like, he's, I don't need to hang around anymore. Been there, done that. Yeah, yeah. And hey, not his show. It's the Smithereens. You know, so it, it's oh, not yeah. like yeah, a little bit of insulation there. The other guys are a bit more. Uh, they should be a little bit more outgoing, but I think that also changed a little bit with COVID, you know, mm-hmm. uh, greets were kind of, uh, you know, decreased <laughs> for a little while there because of uh, the pandemic, you know? Yeah. Where can, uh, where can people get this, get the album? Well, I would say the best source would be from the Greats website. Okay. You can get it a lot of different places, but I mean, that's kind of an artist direct place, you know, if you get it off Amazon, they, Amazon takes half right there, right yeah. for themselves. You know, it's yeah. really kind of robbing Amazon. So, I mean, we would prefer that you buy it directly from the Gripweeds, uh, gripweeds.com. And okay. we're selling both formats there. Okay. Um, so, I mean, we, we prefer that. Uh, yeah, but of course vinyl. you're free. Yeah. I'm proud of the record. There's, it, it hangs together well, and I realized that the songs are so great, they stand up to whatever interpretation gets thrown mm-hmm. at them, you yeah. know, which is, is good. I mean, you've got, that's always kind of what it should be. you got a great song, and you go into a studio to record it. Hopefully your your recording does it just, uh, if you have a great song, you have, you have one element right there in your favor. It's always yeah. tough when you go into a studio song that maybe is a little not quite up to uh, standard, and you have to find a way to make it better, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. By record, if, if you will. Uh, and that happens a lot. But these songs, I think the trick was really kind of get it. For us, I could speak up weeds. It was um, finding another way to present the song that was relevant. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously you have the Kinks version. So why listen to anything else? Well, maybe, yeah. you know, maybe we found something in there. Plus, we're in the record now, I mean, in 2023. 
as opposed to when it came out in 1965. And there's a world of technology from and recording craft from, you know, almost 60 years ago to now. They had a lot of choices. Their records were more rudimentary, you know, back then. And that was mm -hmm. kind of our, uh, that was our uh, sort of impetus to record the songs we did because we felt that they were recorded kind of basically back then. And we could kind of imagine them a little bit. Yeah. We didn't want to go anywhere near all day and all the night, or you really got me. Those are just mm -hmm. perfection. I, I couldn't oh, imagine yeah. going there. <clears throat> yeah, you don't uh, want to polish actually, polish those up. No, uh, <laughs> I, I'm really, I'm really, you know, hats off to the weaklings. They took on Lola. I, I would never yeah. have done that, but they did a yeah. <laughs> they did a fresh, a rootsy kind of vibe. That that yeah. was a surprise, which I really like. I think they did a really good job on that. Yeah, I, I think like, everybody uh, did great, great work. Yeah. I like when bands they'll bring their own sound, their own personality to the songs rather than do it, you know, note for note and have it sound exactly like you said. Why would you listen to that? You'd want to listen to the original, you know. Yeah, it's kind of redundant if you take a version of a song and do a, co a copy of it. Why would you listen mm -hmm. to the copy? It, it'll never be as good. But if you can somehow twist it or find something else in the song that you can bring out mm -hmm. in the recording and your arrangement you know yeah then um you know then 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 you've got something that might be valid that might yeah. uh, stand up to some list you know and that's what we've always tried to do i think um i really like i think you were talking about come dancing yeah the uh midnight callers version of that is like wow a total mm -hmm. fresh take that you know really kind of mm -hmm. that was a surprise you yeah. know like you said it was very much the... right, you're freezing up ah yeah what happened yeah, my, my internet went down i don't know what's going on huh? so i was <laughs> off on it a and then i saw you were frozen it looked like you were just yeah you were frozen too yeah you were speechless <laughs> yeah i mean it was, it was one of the best raps i've ever had <laughs> Speaking of cover albums, I won't keep you too long. There, there's one cover album I just I I love, and I don't know if you might know who she is, but Juliana Hatfield. Sure, she put out a Olivia Newton John cover album, and <laughs> and talk about like putting your own sound to it. And I didn't think she could pull it off, but it, I love that album, and I love Olivia Newton John. Wow. And then she did a Police. Believe it or not, police cover album, and that wow. one I don't like as, as much. But, but you can imagine Juliana Hatfield just just adding her own guitar stuff and just just sounding like, still sounding like her. Yeah, I mean that's are... that's the thing, being able to uh, sort of find yourself in mm -hmm. someone else's song. You know, it, that's actually the way it used to be done. You know, back in the the way things were supposed to be. In the business, you had a songwriter who mm -hmm. wrote the song. Yeah. And, you know, they would present it to the band. The band would go, huh, how about we add this or that and mm -hmm. try it? And, you know, songwriter was not the performer. He was just the writer. Yeah. yeah. The performer was the. Per and the performer also had uh, a producer, you know, mm -hmm. and an engineer. And but he was a separate individual that came together to make their records that's 
was uh, forever altered, I think, in the 60s, you know, or in the 50s with Buddy Holly, um, where the musician became the the writer. <clears throat> you know, that was where the sort of the mold was made with yeah. Buddy Holly to write the song, record it, it's you, <laughs> it's your music. And, you know, Beatles and, and uh, <clears throat> Beach Boys and everybody else picked up right on that. And that continued right to present day. But I think that's, you know, the the good thing about doing a cover is it's just a song. And everybody, mm-hmm. as a musician, as a, as a player, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to bring your own sort of uh, unique uh, musicality towards that song. And you're you're going to uh, going to filter through the, the musician in, in their own unique way. So. Uh, the better the musician and the more, you know, they're willing to to search in the song to find find something good, you know, and not just yeah. rubber stamp it. Uh, mm-hmm. Then then you're then you're going to get a good valid cover, I think. And we know something about covers now. We've been we've been mm-hmm. doing this for a bunch <laughs> of last few years. It, it, it all started. It, Rob, it all started in 2020 in the pandemic. And we. uh we started making a record and we had three were three songs in to a Gripwee's album with our own stuff. And we started to rethink the, the whole concept because it was appearing that we weren't going to be able to get together as a band. So we decided to go into cover band mode and we and play the songs that got us interested in music to do it in the first place. That's why we did dig. Yep. And at the yeah. same time of doing Dig, the same time of doing Dig, Marty came, Marty Scott came up with the Gem Records Celebrates mm-hmm. series. We started with the Lennon right in the middle of 2020. We recorded that. 2021 was Brian Wilson. 2022 was Pete Townsend. So we've been doing covers for a long time now. And uh, we're only now, we're, we're getting back, last few months, uh, we've been getting back to the record we started before the pandemic. Oh, okay. We dusted off those, got going again, wrote, wrote a whole bunch of new stuff. So the Grip Weeds are working on our originals again, doing our mm-hmm. new stuff. And we, is that we also be have a, a bunch. Maybe next year? Yeah. Is that going to be maybe next well, year? Well, we're really ho- Yeah. We're hoping for next year. Uh, I think that's the plan. We've got, we're kind of well into it right now. And it's actually, <laughs> it's actually, two with two records that we're working on now and okay. one of them will come out next year next one will come out the year after uh and there's a reissue of uh an album coming this fall and then there's another project that we did <laughs> that we're waiting tied to be uh and that hasn't come through yet so that's on just sitting on the sidelines so we've got all mm-hmm. this material and there's okay. a jam record celebrate that's uh that we have to work on mm-hmm. that's going to come too this one comes out and is in the works and mm-hmm. new bleeds out of originals is coming plus another one after that so we've got uh, a lot happening i hope you do a lot of shows yeah i do too yeah i gotta see you guys it's, i don't know the last time i saw you well the last time i saw yeah, you in per- person was one of the tribute for Pat, it was at ah. the crossroad at Crossroads. Yeah, you and I 
got to talk while the music was playing. So, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. kind of loud. I don't remember. Yeah, it was so. fun. I, I got to uh, sing some Pat songs and uh, or some Smithereen songs. And I'm such a fan of theirs and a yeah. friend for a soul. Uh, you know, those songs are really special. It's funny because that would be a really interesting uh, uh, guy to uh, to celebrate, you know, as a songwriter, mm-hmm. just because his, his catalog is so amazing. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it's funny because his songs are, uh, I'm not sure how I would change them because they're so great. You know, mm-hmm. that's what always happens uh, with cover songs. If you get a song that was done so well that it's, it's like... Uh, a cultural icon or something, you know, you don't want to hold your hand or, you know, something yeah. that's just so amazingly great. I, I sort of get a little intimidated by that because I don't feel like there's room mm-hmm. in in my own, you know, to reinterpret it or even a, a need, you know? <laughs> yeah. So we usually it, pick stuff like, you know, what we picked for the, the, um, uh, the Ray Davies troop. Because um, we picked songs we felt, you know, they were, as I said, they were kind of done earlier in their career. And there were some holes in there, in their recordings. And I don't mean bad way. I just mean there, there were, they left room for interpretation in, in their recording. You know, they kind of did them in a very rudimentary way without overproducing them because they couldn't. And then, uh, so we found a way in to bring mm-hmm. sort of our grip with divide into that. So I know we'll talk again. So yeah, we will. Have a, have All a right. good rest of the the night. <laughs> I got to get work. That's where I'm going to the studio. Yeah. Okay. All right. Take care, Rob. See my friends. See my friends laying across the river. You've been listening to No Good Music. Today's interview was produced and edited by Rob J. Lilly and recorded via Zoom at the Did You Say 7 Studios in Washington, New Jersey. You can find No Good Music on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Pandora, and almost anywhere you listen to podcasts. The songs Where Have All the Good Times Gone and See My Friends Use With Permission from Kurt Ryle.